So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hi, and welcome to another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm your host. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I have a good time helping lawyers and law firms use technology better. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Let's start with Ross Intelligence. Ross Intelligence is the legal research platform that leverages AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Go to rossintelligence.com for a free 14-day trial. Nexa, formerly known as AnswerOne, is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or visiting them online at nexa.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at clio.com. And that one's C-L-I-O.com. LawClerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Visit lawclerk.legal to learn how to increase your productivity and your profits by working with talented freelance lawyers. Happy Mardi Gras, y'all. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. (laughs) (laughs) So it's uh, February in New Orleans, and it's Mardi Gras, which means not only have those of us who love to visit here frequently or live here part-time, as I do, but guests and visitors and friends and fun-loving revelers have descended upon New Orleans. So I thought I would take advantage of not only having Ernie Svensson's recording studio available to us, but also the fact that Liz McCausland came to spend Mardi Gras with us, and she's a regular guest on New Solo. You'll recognize her name and her voice, hopefully. But before I let Liz introduce herself, I'm going to ask Ernie. Ernest Svensson is our guest today to tell us a little bit about himself, in case for some weird reason in some parallel universe that you live in, you don't know who Ernest Svensson is. Well, I'm an attorney. I practiced law for a bunch of years in a big firm. And then because of technology, I was able to escape that world, which I was disillusioned with and burned out with. Uh, I hated the excess overhead, the inefficiency, the bureaucracy, but I didn't think I was able to go out on my own. However, because of technology, being able to be paperless and market my practice to the internet, I was able to escape, go out on my own, have a solo practice that I thoroughly enjoyed. And then after I started doing that, people asked me, how did I do that? And could I help them? And I started showing them what I knew and I've enjoyed it. So I've been doing that exclusively for the past couple of years. So you quit practicing law? I did. Do you call yourself a consultant? I mean, because you kind of are. You know, I don't like the word consultant, I guess, because in my mind, a lot of times that means a person who bills you by the hour to come in and tell you things that you're doing wrong, which sounded too much like what I did as a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) So I like the word advisor. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Or I would call you a bit of a coach too, because you're processes and the things that you put your clients through. Yeah, coach, coaches are good. Yeah. Coaches do good Coaches work. are good. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, uh, we're going to come back and talk about what it is you've done to transform your experience and your legal career into a technology advisor mm-hmm. for many lawyers across the country. Hello, Liz. Hello. I like your glitter hat. Thank you. You can never have enough glitter. I feel like you, you mm-hmm. can't. Lizzie, you are not only one of my dearest friends, but also a very tech savvy attorney 
who runs a solo practice. And tell us a little bit about your jam. Okay. I primarily practice bankruptcy now. I like to tell people that I'm a recovering insurance defense attorney. So I did that. Can you see Liz as a litigator fighting over stuff? Yes, I can. I cannot. Who would take her seriously with that Minnie Mouse voice? (laughs) Well, the hat would be tricky. (laughs) (laughs) The glitter. The glitter is the dead giveaway. But no, I I did that for many years and then decided that I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, And so now I like to solve those problems for people. I primarily mediate and practice bankruptcy in Orlando, Florida. I also mediate, though, in five other states Wow! through special order of the court. They allow me to mediate primarily mortgage foreclosure mediations in bankruptcy. What states are those in case any of our listeners are looking for someone like you? Um, California, Nevada, Arizona, Indiana, and then the entire state of Florida. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for co-hosting with me. We can pepper Ernie with some good questions. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I like having Ernie, my ability to ask him questions. I feel like you should totally take advantage of this. I know. Yeah. Okay. I plan on it. So Ernie, you are a devourer doesn't seem like the right question, but Mm. you devour a lot of great books and on leadership and running businesses better. And, and you take all that and somehow transform it into helpful information for lawyers. And one of the things I think you've recently become very good at and focused on is helping lawyers develop systems. Well, I don't know if I'm good at it. It's definitely something I think is super important. Let's hope you're good at it. <laughs> and I try as hard as I can to figure out how to get lawyers to understand how to do it. But it's funny. It's, it's, it seems kind of simple in one way that you need to create systems, you know, checklists or systems and, and so forth. But I found it kind of uh, challenging. Like people keep asking me, well, how do you create this system and how do you do this? And so I've thought a lot about it. And um, yeah, I think it's more challenging than than we tend to think. Do you have one of your workbooks handy? Uh, I don't. Oh, rats. Um, I should have asked you for one. Yeah. For those of you who are wondering why I'm asking about a workbook, is Ernie puts together these great seminars and they're live seminars, but you also do things throughout the year to mm-hmm. help your clients. So tell us a little bit about that business and what you teach lawyers how to, lawyers how to do. And then I wanted, I just wanted to grab the workbook to be able to say, well, here's the process that you right. have your clients go through in order to develop systems. So I was going to pull ideas out of there, but since we don't have one handy, mm-hmm. I'll just make it up. But tell us a little bit about your business and how it, you know, like how it's yeah. out there and how people can find it. And also the things that you have available on the website to get lawyers started well, so in developing when, systems. Sure. So, so when I started doing this, you know, I was actually, when we met back in the day in tech show, I didn't really have any plan for teaching lawyers how to do any of this stuff. It's just, you know, people ask me so many questions and I answered them so many times. After a while, I realized, well, maybe I should be more organized about answering these questions. And the more I try to organize everything, the more I realize it's actually kind of challenging. And I like this challenge. You know, I like figuring things out. I like explaining them. And then some things seem like they're going to be real easy to explain, but then they're not. And I think that's been the case at least that's been my experience with technology and with systems and with running a business, it's a lot harder to explain to people because there's a lot of elements. And so it's not just two things or three things. The challenge has been trying to figure out how can I help the most number of lawyers most effectively in a way that's cost-effective for them and easy for me to do, not because I want it to be easy, but because, you know, if it's too challenging, it's then I, I, you know, it would be too hard. And so teaching people online is definitely one way to do it. And that's been very effective and useful. 
But what I found was that you can't just say, here's a course, you know, with 60 lessons that you go through and now you will learn everything you need to learn about running a business and doing marketing. You know, people have ongoing questions and ongoing challenges. And so that's really been the thing that I've found to be interesting. And that's what I like doing because, you know, that makes the biggest impact for people really. Can I ask you, Ernie, do you find that different areas of law need different things from you or different systems? I mean, I'm certain there's certain systems that are in every area. Right. Client intake, intake, workflow. Exactly. Training of staff. Right. Closing a matter. Yeah, I try to avoid getting into things that are too specific. Not, I mean, first of all, because then that means I now can't help as many people most effectively because I'm getting into the weeds where now all of a sudden somebody cares a lot, but most people don't. Um, so like, for example, in bankruptcy, there are systems for how you handle bankruptcy court, I, b- bankruptcy case. I've only handled a few in my life, but in general, my experience has been the people who live in the bankruptcy world know that world very well. There's a whole rhythm to it. There's an ecosystem. There's software, I think, that's specific for bankruptcy lawyers. So if you're a bankruptcy lawyer, you know all that stuff. You don't need me to tell you, uh, at least you probably shouldn't need me to tell you about that. What I try to focus on are things that I feel like are the perennial ongoing challenges of all small businesses. And weirdly, there are a lot of them, you know, that, that have been there forever and seem to just be there continually. In legal, is there a checklist of these are five systems that would serve or five processes or five checklists that would serve every law firm or lawyer, regardless of what area of practice? I mean, client intake would sure. be one because, okay, you have to get clients. And then if you get clients... What do you do? But any system is just like, you know, you look at what is happening and you try to optimize it and say, okay, is this the best way for it to be happening or can I improve it? And it kind of comes, you know, in general, like what you don't measure, you can't manage. What you're not writing down is harder to keep in your mind, right? So if you're trying to develop systems or checklists or whatever, you have to write them down. If you're going to write them down, where are you going to write them down? Paper? Yeah, paper is okay to start to brainstorm it, but eventually you're going to want to put it into a digital system so that you can update it more easily, so you can share it with more people, put it into the cloud. And that's kind of the basic of a system. The question is, where do people start? So client intake is a good place to start because most lawyers have this problem. Yes, And you can get a lot of information from other lawyers about what's working well for them. And once you start using any kind of system and being thoughtful about it, that makes it easier to do the next thoughtful system building. Do we approach the system of running a law firm as one giant system from, let's just you know talk about it in terms of a matter, which I always call it the life cycle of a matter, from mm-hmm. birth to death or from opening to close. So when we're thinking about trying to come up with a system for how best to manage a matter's life cycle, mm-hmm. am I building one big system or a bunch of small systems? You might be built, well, you should try to build one big system and have that cover as much ground as possible. But then you're, you might have to have separate little systems and have to see how they integrate. I mean, I was thinking the other day about how this is something that never had occurred to me before. And once it occurred to me, I thought, why didn't I think of this? I mean, when I started figuring out the technology mattered to me was when I used a program called CaseMap, which sure. we, we know yeah. about, right? Mm-hmm. And CaseMap was nothing more than a relational database that was created by some jury consultants who saw, because they were privy to the background scene of lawyers getting ready for trial at the last minute, that lawyers were 
extremely disorganized, like shockingly disorganized from the standpoint of managing their information. So they said, well, why don't we build a database, set it up, optimize it for litigators, and we will make it available to them. And I downloaded this thing for 30-day free trial, and I started looking at this, and I thought, wait a second. I can, this is paint by numbers. I can put all of my information uh-huh. in here and I just try to fill every box. And I had never tr- sat down and thought, okay, let me make a list of every issue. Let me make a list of every fact witness that goes to every issue. I didn't think like that because that would have been too hard to do. But when I had a piece of software that could let me do that, that essentially was my system. So the thing that occurred to me was software can be, you know, your system close enough, right? And a database is basically what underlies all of these things, these software packages that are sold. And so you might, you're going to need more than one, but you find the big one that works for the most number of things. And if you're a litigator, that might be something like CaseMap, but practice management software Mm -hmm. is kind of covers a lot of ground. And then after that, you know, you want to avoid trying to use too much software, but you might need to, right? You might need to use Adobe Acrobat, right? That's, you know, so... And you know this, obviously, because that's what you do all day long. It seems like the best time to put a system in is in the beginning when you have more time. This never happens. But it never happens, right. (laughs) And so I imagine that people come to you after they've been in business for a little while and they're looking to implement systems, Mm -hmm. but it can be overwhelming. It's like a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could spend hours looking at it. Where do you think is the best place for someone who's looking to implement systems to start? Well, I think if there is one, yeah, I think there is one. I think that where the rubber meets the road is being aware of you doing something that you're going to do again and saying to yourself as you're doing it, because it's fresh in your mind and you're keenly aware, while I'm doing this, let me write down some notes about, about this system or this process while I'm doing it. Then I'll go back to being busy, but at least now I have a record that I can come back to and work from. And that's why paper is great for that part, right? Because that's fast and easy. But then as you think it through, then you want to put it into a digital system. And it's really an iterative process, right? Like you you write it down, it's not perfect. You try it, you try to develop it. But the acid test comes when you give it to somebody else who's never done it before and watch and see what happens when they try to use it. And if they have trouble, there you go. That's that's the system not being fully developed. And then you develop it from there. And then eventually the system gets to the point where the people that work for you upgrade the system and you don't mess with it. I find that every law firm I walk into or every lawyer I talk to does not have written processes down. Do you? No, no. In fact, that's been one of my kind of on my to-do list constantly. And it's not just writing it down. It's because a lot of times it's hard to write down the clicks. You go Mm -hmm. here and you click. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to put all of these systems down so that when I do hire someone to come in, I can just have them, you know, get going without me having to spend the time. Because that's actually what keeps me from hiring more people. Oh, my God. At a time I have to spend train that person. I know. You're one of my best customers. How is this possible? I know. And now I'm doing videos. You know what's so funny? I I was at home this morning and I needed to, there was a a law firm that needed some steps for something. He wanted, you know, can you send us how to do that? And I thought, 
ugh, I hate typing. No, this will take me too long. It was way easier for me to record a quick little video, put it in Camtasia, a couple bumpers, and off it goes. But those are harder to edit after the fact. But at least you've got them, right? Yeah. Like they're easy for you to do. Right. And then you give them to the person who's going to follow it. And if it takes them a little more time to watch it, so what? What I try to do is tell law firms, as especially as I'm implementing new software for them or new new programs, well, yes, I could do it and write it down but I don't really want to. <laughs> but why isn't your secretary or your receptionist who kind of doesn't always have as much to do, why isn't it their job to document or write this process and create a documentation, a manual of how things are done? Plus two these days, if I had a video or if I just said it out loud and recorded these steps into Speak Right or got on Fiverr or found someone on Upwork to turn those processes that even I spoke into a memo into bulleted items, mm -hmm. it would be so easy. And I wish every law firm would just start doing that. I'll tell you, the video that I made for, I have a part-time person who's helping me now, and the videos I made to help her... I think she appreciated it more than me sitting there because mm, sure. she wasn't embarrassed to ask, wait, I don't understand. Can you click that again? Right. She wasn't busy taking notes because she was watching the video. And I think it just went over much better. Ernie, do you have a place that you recommend? And so for me, I'm thinking about where would I, you said digitize it. Okay, yes, mm -hmm. it's okay to start with paper, but then put it somewhere. I assume most of us are going to think I'll put it in a Word document, which I think is fine. Mm -hmm. I also think, I see now in Teams on Microsoft, there's a wiki for every project you create. And a wiki seems like a good place to be able to not mm. only go in document, but also historically document why things were changed. Do you have a, a, a way or a place that you encourage your clients to start? Like, I, I get that word is fine, but is there any magic bullet that we should know about? No. There okay. is, sadly, there's not. I mean, like I've used things like Process Street or Sweet Process, which are dedicated to creating online systems and recording them and all that stuff. And, you know, people I, I respect and follow have used it. But I think the reality is, from my perspective, where people stumble is not by not having the right tool. And when you get the tool and you obsess about learning it, you think, oh, this is great. I've done this thing and now I, I know this tool. In reality, you're, you're, you're postponing the really hard thing. The hard thing, it's not really hard. It's just the thing that trips people up, is paying attention to the fact that you're doing something that you're probably going to do again. Right. And writing that down. And that mere act is you're locking it in. And from there, go to the next simplest, most familiar thing. You use Word. Go into a Word right. document. You you prefer to do a spreadsheet? Fine. Use this. Whatever you use, go there, right? Like you're going to refine it later when it gets to be robust and developed. But in the beginning, you know, you just want to get it out and get a process in place where you habitually think, I am doing this. Wait, I'm going to do this again. I should probably copy this down and record it. And I see myself doing this. Like I'll get yeah. emails from people oh. and I go, this is an email I get all the time. All right. right, this is it. This is going to be the this one the where, day. where I'm going to record this. I'm <laughs> a, and I'm going to write this email now. So what changes is then when I write the answer to this email, instead of just writing it quickly and getting it off my plate, I'm thinking, can this serve as a greater mm -hmm. template? Yeah. And then I lock it in. And of course, when I go to use it the next time, I find I have to change some part of it, which is fine. And now I'm off to the races. I'm iterating right. this tool. But the hard part is recognizing 
that this is going to be a thing that I'm going to right. lock in. That's no, the No, you're part. so right. I mean, you know, I don't think it's recognizing that you know it's going to be a thing because you know it's going to be a thing. It's taking the time to do that. So I'm as guilty as anybody with this. I feel like it's recognizing too because recently someone asked, you know, what zaps do you use between in Clio? And somebody named one that I can't believe I couldn't think of before I saw it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, down on paper. And once they said it, I'm like, I need that. Why right. didn't I think to right. implement that? It would have been it's, so easy. It's right. really hard to think of everything. So for me, I am constantly, constantly, constantly sending out how-tos after an implementation. Oh, and actually, I was talking to Craig Bear, a, another good friend of ours who's a Net Documents consultant, who he has created for the repetitive questions that he gets after a net documents roll out a drip campaign. Mm-hmm. So he rolls out your law firm. And I guess you could use this as, you know, a client walks in the door. I mean, this is, you know, oh, Ernie, real quick, explain a drip campaign. Huh. Well, a drip campaign is buzzword stuff in the email marketing world. And it means when somebody opts into your email list, then they automatically get a series of emails that drip mm-hmm. out over time, according to a schedule you set. And a lot of CRMs have that baked in for mm-hmm. law firms. So the client fills out a form on a website. Within two minutes, they get an email that says, thanks for reaching out. We're going to call you at whatever time you may have picked. And then after the initial consultation, a day later, this reminder gets sent out or this request for documents gets sent out. So those, mm-hmm. I think, like you just said, software and systems are sometimes already built for you mm-hmm. when you find or subscribe to the right services. So for me, what I was going to, just to finish my my example of how I use technology to help me do this, number one, I use Trello as one place to keep a series of events. Mm -hmm. And what I ended up doing all the time was going back to the last email that I sent that had all this stuff. So finally, I did what you suggested, which is I sat there, I finally had to send out the email one more time, send an email out again. And I took the time, somehow this day I had the time Mm -hmm. to perfect it, you know, bulleted, bold, underlined, like I wrote it really good. (laughs) just like I speak English. (laughs) I wrote it out. I made it look great. Not only with the intent of impressing this client with this well-documented process, but then also copying and pasting it into Trello. And I've started collecting things in Trello. I also use Text Expander Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I use Text Expander not to even expand text, but as a place where I will remember I put a block of something. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I've created I create a folder in Text Expander called Drafts, and yeah. that's where I just go in there. I go, this is going to be one I'm going to develop. I dump it in there, and that's just enough when I come back later. Right. Go, oh, okay. So let's explain that real quick. Yeah. Um, explain Text Expander. I talk about it a lot. It's one of my I favorite use it tools. All the time. But yeah, let's just real quick. Yeah, Text Expander it. to me is one of those things that every person who owns a computer should use it. it it's kind of I guess a macro generating yeah. thing, right? That's but it works in every context as opposed to a macro that you develop in, let's say, Word, it's only going to work in Word. Right. Whereas once you create the macro thing in Text Expander, and it could it can spit out an email address or it can spit out your home address. Or Signature blocks. Anything. You know, any amount of text, it can spit it out. But you, you're controlling all this stuff in one place so that you can use it all over the place. Right. And it doesn't matter whether you're Mac, PC. In fact, if you have a Mac and a PC, you yes. can synchronize your snippets in Text Expander across all those things. So to me, everyone who wants to take advantage of automation 
should find things where they can automate text, especially lawyers, because yeah. we crank out a lot of text. And Text Expander is number one on the text automation parade for me. Yeah, that thing's what, like maybe $40 a year. And yeah. I have it on my Mac, my PC, my iPhone, my Android, everything. So I put a lot of that stuff in both Trello. Do you want to talk about Trello? Just so we don't aren't leaving it out in the dust after we described Text Expander? Sure. Well, one thing with Text Expander that I like that we didn't touch on is that your teams can utilize it too. Mm -hmm. So everyone can have the same response and just have uniformity that way, which I think is great. Yeah. That's a great, you know, just dumb, simple legal example, ADA language. Well, in a way, that's a system, right? Okay. So because if your system is, well, when we get an email that says this, we respond like this. The system now could be, okay, everybody, just use this text expander keystroke. And then if it needs to be updated, you update it and they just, you know, the words spit out, right? You right. don't have to tell you them. You update it in one place and it propagates through everyone who has an account. Yep. And I imagine, too, it's really great as a basis for a system because mm-hmm. if you have someone maybe who's going through your email, you tell them these are the keywords you're looking for. When you see that keyword, you use this text. Yep. Exactly. And so it's perfect. I've got one firm that puts their ADA language in three different languages in there, just depending on the client and different. Actually, that's another good example. If you have multilingual clients and maybe your receptionist or your secretary isn't that well-versed in it, you could certainly put snippets in there in that language you know, that they need and, and make it easier on them than trying to go to Google Translate. <laughs> Give us a little lowdown on Trello just real quick. Trello is kind of like an index card system. You put it, everything in columns based on, you can set it up really however you want. Um, and they have a lot of great examples. So for instance, onboarding of employees mm-hmm. is a great example. Mm-hmm. So you can actually set your employee down and you, they start usually from left to right. And you know these are the first things you need to do. And you can put attachments in there. You can put links, you can put faces, pictures, um, and all of those things. And so you can as you might imagine, with index cards, you have different rows. They can turn over for more information, click on the card and have more information embedded in there. I use it a lot. So I have it my master to-do list kind of in there. But I also, which is more recent, I use it personally. So mm-hmm. if I'm planning a trip, these are all the places I'm staying. This is airfare, you know, airline, hotel, everything. I use it for books. Uh, these are the books I'm reading. These are the books I've read. If they were hard copy or ebook or audio. And then that way, if I'm ever looking for it again, or I want to tell someone about it, loan it out, I know, oh, I I checked that one out from the library, so I don't have it physically. Those are all great examples. And I use it for all those things too. And then the other place I've started to put lists of to-dos and how-tos to make it easy for me to get to and for my clients is right on my website as a page. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, again, having had lunch with Craig Bear the other day, it's funny. I said, you have so many great videos and so much good resources on your website. He goes, yeah, half the time I do it for myself. So <laughs> I know, so I remember where to go find it. Right. But also it eases the burden of phone calls and emails from his clients on how do I, which is what I'm always trying to do, is reduce those. And by creating this library of resources and how to do things and making it so easy is like putting it on your own website. <laughs> Even if it's on a page that's hidden, mm-hmm. at least you know where to go and find it. Yeah, you can search it. You yeah, know? you right. can totally search it. Yeah. Um, well, hold on real quick before we move on to our next um, segment of the conversation. Let's take a quick break and listen to a couple messages from some sponsors. Artificial intelligence won't outpace lawyers anytime soon, but lawyers who use AI are already outpacing lawyers who do not. 
With Ross Intelligence, lawyers conducting legal research leverage AI to get to the heart of legal issues fast. Ask a question on the Ross Legal Research platform and Ross will return on Point Case Law. Go to rossintelligence.com today and get a 14-day free trial. Use promo code LEGALTALK for 10% off. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm's software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. And we're back. We're talking to Ernest Svensson and Liz McCausland. We are recording live at the Ernie the Attorney headquarters in New Orleans, Louisiana. And um, we're just sort of tossing ideas around about the ways that we document and share processes and systems with ourselves and our clients and or employees. I want to turn back again to systems because I kind of derailed the conversation, (laughs) I think. Top three systems or process. What's the difference between a system and a process? Uh, You know, I don't really know that there is a difference. I mean, I think that the big differences are like, let's say like, it's like atoms and molecules. I think at the atomic level, there are checklists. Like I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this. And then at the molecular level of thinking, there are decisions. Like if this happens, Mm. well, then I do this or that, right? And so when you, as it evolves more, the systems get a little more complicated. I think that's a more useful way of thinking about it than trying to come up with the definitive view of, is is it a process? Is it a policy? Is it a system? You know. My question is, do you need to do this again? Right. Or do you need somebody to do it again, preferably not you? And if so, how can you train that person as quickly as possible without preferably without you being involved at all, which is what a system gets you. With her videos. Yeah. If you if somebody walked in here right now and said, I'm starting my law firm tomorrow, I'm going solo, where do I start? Well, you would probably be a better person to answer that question than me. I might have some opinions yeah. on this. <laughs> well, I mean, you've, you've done it, you know, and this is, but this is where, like, when people ask me, I tell them right away, like, here's what I know and here's what I don't know. And what I feel like I know really well is the the decision process that lawyers make in certain situations. But if it's starting a new firm, you know, and involves technology, which it will, then you're the person, you know, and I, I refer people to you. I say, they go, I'm going to start a new firm. I need technology. What should I do? And I say, well, call Adriana because <laughs> she's done it about 8,000 times. And, you know, like our friend Ray Abedin, you know, he came to me and said, but he already knew. He knew yeah. you. So he leaned on me for some things and on, on you for other things. And there's, you know, there's several different decisions to be made, but as far as the basics of where do I, you know, store my email and do I use this? You do, you do this all day long. And what I love about what you, um, how you approach this is unlike some people, instead of saying, this is the way it must be because this is what I learned and this is how I think it's done best, which, and we all know people like this, you're open-minded and you say, look, I don't care how you do it. If you're starting from scratch, Maybe you have more choices, so do this. Oh, on the other hand, you already did this and you have this practice management software. Well, then you probably are going to want to connect it to this. Or Let's you're in the optimize. Mac universe. You know, so yeah. there's those choices about where people already are that I find that that's a big separator. There's a lot of people out there that give advice, but all they really want to do is tell you the thing they yeah. know. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not really actually useful advice anymore because 
the thing that one person knows, if that's all they know, it's got to connect to other things. And that's the hard work, the hard part. Right? It is. I cannot emphasize enough how critical it is to have things that talk to each other when possible. But when they don't, there's a super helpful tool, which we mention all the time, which is Zapier. And people are afraid to create zaps. They're afraid to just create an account and, and try it out, but it makes it so easy. But it is critical if you want to have a systematic approach to your law firm that technology talks to itself. Otherwise, you have a system breakdown. You know, if someone has to sit there and manually take information from your client intake program on your website and put it into a CRM, and then then somehow someone has to move it over to a practice management program, there's a breakdown there. So I guess step one, I would say, is always trying to find things that talk to each other. But I think three critical, I mean, back to the sort of life cycle of a matter. You've got to have how you deal with it when the matter comes in the door. So whether it's client intake or matter intake, dealing with collecting the right details and information that you need, mm -hmm. that you know from experience you're going to need. Then I'd say the middle area is actually working the matter. And then the end is properly closing the matter. I mean, mm -hmm. those if you had if I had three places that I would tell someone to start, mm -hmm. it's just so easy: opening, doing, and closing. And for that, I feel like most of today's practice management programs are so helpful. I mean, it's like dummy proofs; it's, mm -hmm. it's like paint by numbers. It the is way you said numbers. earlier. It is. And I still have so many lawyers that have built. I call it the Rue Goldberg machine of technology, where they have. You guys, I had this guy the other day. He had, you name it, he was using it. Mm -hmm. Smart sheets, web connect, case management, Zapier. It was unbelievable. And I was like, oh my God, if one component of this guy's crazy machine breaks down, the ball goes flying off the whole table and there's no balloon that gets lifted off at the end, right? Right. So I think that was what I was going to ask you earlier. Do you find that a lot of clients come to you and they have tried to build things on their own rather than just looking for something that's already built and works? Yeah. I Excel mean, that, spreadsheets would probably be a good yeah, place some, to think about that. There's some of that. I mean, that example, when you're talking about that kind of person, which that happens a lot, to me, that's the seeking efficiency and thinking, you know, you're going to catch something magical in a bottle by doing this. To which I always return to the Peter Drucker quote, you know, there's nothing so useless as doing really efficiently that which should not be done at all. And a lot of people are doing things <laughs> they shouldn't be doing mm -hmm. at all and trying to optimize it. There's a great concept called the 80-20 principle, the Pareto's principle. Uh, Tim Ferriss was the first person I heard talking about it, but now everybody seems to be talking about it. And it's this idea that like, if you look around, start paying attention, you'll see that in most cases, there's a huge imbalance between how much effort you put into something and how much return you get from that effort. And so what you should be looking for are places where you put in, let's say, 20% effort or money or resources, and you get 80% of the returns you're mm -hmm. looking for, right? But most lawyers and most people who are perfectionistic are trying to optimize for the 100%. Well, by definition, you're now spending 80% of your time trying to get that last 20% because you're not paying attention to what is it that you want to, you know, how can you get the benefit? And so like, for example, uh, you know, and people will say, well, what's 80-20? Where do you see 80-20? And the answer is all over the place, but you have to start looking for it. One example for me, you know, is to say, well, if you want to market your practice, you want to reach a bunch of people who conceivably would, would hire you, you could spend a lot of money and time and energy trying to reach all kinds of people. Or you can say, 
here's my ideal client. Mm -hmm. And let me figure out the least expensive, best way to start finding that person. And the answer would be not online, not on billboards, but rather through people that already know, like, and trust you. That's called referral marketing. And weirdly, we all ref we forget about referral marketing, but it's they already know you and like you and trust you to some extent. The people driving by the billboard or coming to your website, they don't know you from Adam. It's so much harder to explain to those people what you do enough to where they trust you, whereas you put a little effort into your referral marketing system, you're going to get a huge payoff. So do that first. And then if you're not getting everything you need, then you can start the next thing. But you have to look for these big gains, like little incremental gains are going to get you nowhere. I think this is in the workbook. It is in the workbook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, yes. The one I don't have, but I have to right. pull from memory. I think the workbook had things in it like, where do you currently get most of your referrals? Mm -hmm. Right? Which, by the way, is a hard problem for or a hard question for a lot of lawyers to answer because they don't track it officially. Right. Like they keep it in their minds. So just real quick on that specific mm -hmm. topic, what do you teach them? Well, How to do that? Like okay. what's in the workbook? Well, the, well <laughs> the latest thing that's in the workbook, because I think this is the easiest way to do it is, so the key to referrals, well, the key to everything is goes back to human nature. You know, it's, you know, technology is great, but psychology is, it underlies everything, right? So how do you get referrals? Well, you're going to get them from people that already know you, like you, and trust you. However, they have uh, memories that fade. They forget about you. You're not, quote unquote, top of mind or whatever. So you have to keep reminding them regularly. Is there a system for this? Yes. Yeah. And you, you remind them regularly. Once a month <laughs> would be good, right? And if you're going to remind them once a month, you can do it two ways. One, you can take them all to lunch you know, or try to take as many of them to lunch as possible or call as many of them on the phone as possible. But that's a lot of work and a lot of money. And that's not, that's not effective. What's effective is email them all once a month. So an email newsletter, but it's not a newsletter with fancy graphics and stuff. It's just write the email like you would write it to one single one of those people and write it like you would write an email to that one person. And it doesn't have to have a lot of words. Basically, the fact that you've reminded them by sending the email once a month, even if they don't open it up, even if they just say, oh, I see an email from Liz McCausland. Uh, I don't have time for that right now. And then you never return to it. They were reminded that you exist, right? And over time, as they open a few of those emails, they're going to be reminded what you do specifically. And hopefully if you write in the down to earth way and way that you should, you're reminding them that you actually care about helping your clients more than just making money. All these things come together to help you become more referable. And to me, all the website and all that stuff is, that's just referral marketing done a different way. You can try to reach cold traffic, but that's expensive, ineffective, mm. and hard. You know, I have so many young, brand new lawyers come to me at the San Diego County Bar for um, listeners who don't know. I work half time for the San Diego County Bar on a remote basis. And one week out of every month, I go to San Diego and meet with their members. And it's a astonishing how many new lawyers. I mean, I, I always knew this because they're in my face all the time, but really in this sort of flow constantly, they want to know how they can get new clients on through their website. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell them, baby lawyer, you are way too late to the marketing on the internet game. It's going to cost you a fortune. You need to go back to the basics, mm -hmm. which is referrals, networking, face-to-face -face interactions. That's 100% true because not even... When I have tracked 
the people who came to me and how they came to me, the people who come to me on a referral are almost a hundred times more likely to hire me because they trusted the opinion of somebody. Some, mm -hmm. A lot of times it's not even someone that they knew well. Mm -hmm. It was my sister knew a lawyer and he gave me your name. Mm -hmm. But they are more likely to hire me after the consultation than someone who just looked me up online. Right. You know, and so I give the example, there's a lot of examples I could give, but this is the one that's the most, you know, compelling, I guess, is I went to go speak to a group of lawyers, I won't say which state, the state bar, you know, not Louisiana, invited me to speak. I gave a talk. Afterwards at lunch, I was seated at a table, sat next to a very nice attorney fellow. I guess we he friended me or requested a friendship on Facebook followed me. I remembered his name. I'd see his name here and there, which right there is referral marketing because I would have forgotten his name completely. He remembered my name. Mm. I remembered his name. Then one day out of the blue on Facebook, and I still have the Facebook messenger. It was in 2011. He messages me and says, listen, I have this case in New Orleans. I'm looking for a lawyer who can help me. It was a personal injury case. And he was really, I guess, asking, could I help him? But, you know, or if not, could I find him somebody? Mm. And I referred him to my friend who did that kind of work forgot about it. My friend handled the case. One day my friend calls me up and says, listen, we're going to lunch. We're going to have the finest champagne, whatever you want. And he said, I'm going to send a case to your house. And he goes, this case settled for a lot of money and I want to repay you. And I said, great. You know, and it's, it's obviously it was millions of dollars that the case generated and his fee was, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. And that's why we're here in this lovely home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with this professional podcasting studio. Case of champagne is. <laughs> Yeah, and he, but then he pulls out a, ch a check and gives it to me. It was a ten thousand dollar check just to thank me. Wow. for referring this case. Now that would not have, let's, let's review. It would not have happened if I one hadn't met somebody. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's meeting people, then getting to know and like and trust them and all. But being able to sustain that relationship over time, which merely was offloaded to Facebook, essentially. So one it's, good thing Facebook is for. Yeah, I mean, all of it is about relationships. So it's about maintaining the relationship. That's the key. The relationship part is the key and the message that you want to send which should be a message about I care about people right because nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care that old saw oh, oh good one you've never what heard that? that one before? no I've never heard that what no. was it nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care oh is that yeah. a like a card of some sort or Maya Angelou? Maya? It's not a, it's wow, not attributable like to any one person. It's been okay. said a bunch of times. I've never heard that. It's true. It's so it's true. true. Yeah. It's so true. Let's take a quick break. Listen to two more messages from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a research memo or a complicated appellate brief, our network of freelance lawyers have every level of experience and expertise. Signing up is free and there are no monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you said. Use rebate code NEWSOLO to get a $100 Amazon gift card when you complete your next project. Learn more at lawclerk.legal. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. All right, we're back. I'm just blown away by this perfectly good saying that I've never heard. Mm -hmm. And you know, someone else at the San Diego County Bar, I had this great, you said a quote earlier that I was going to try and remember, which was, 
you can't improve what you can't measure. Mm -hmm. And this is an attorney who uses lean methodology Mm -hmm. in his law firm, but that's because he came from an engineering background and had been at either a Toyota or something where they use those processes. So we won't obviously dig deep into that, but I will encourage our listeners, if you're interested in learning about processes and process improvement and getting rid of waste, Mm -hmm. removing waste from your system and your process. I did a little bit of research before we did this seminar last year on Six Sigma methodologies for law firms, or you can do lean methodologies for law firms and get some really great topics and posts and books about how to incorporate those critical and helpful methodologies, which are typically used outside of legal into legal. And I think that's always a good place to start. Ernie, I want to hear a little bit about the courses that you teach and the information that you put out there and the topics. Well, I have one signature course, you know, which is the one, I had one on paperless, it's still there. And I have one on... But everyone's paperless now, so nobody clicks on that one. Yeah, they really, well, you know, weirdly some people do, but yeah, mostly people are paperless now. But so the, the, the signature course, I call it Law Firm Autopilot, and it was my attempt, which is still ongoing, to kind of wrangle together like here's the basic blueprint of things that I feel like every lawyer needs to know to build a modern firm. And it's really, it could be for any modern business really, but it's, you know, for lawyers. And that is a great course. You know, I like it. I've tried to update it. I'm still updating it. But what I discovered was that people... You're like a hairy person with tweezers in that thing, Ernie. (laughs) That was my first thing. And then I realized like, Nobody's ever going to have the, the whole course. So I created a program, which is basically group coaching. And I do two uh, webinars a month, one on operations, one on marketing. I invite people to come help me sometimes. So, you know, you haven't done that yet, but you will. And, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you will. You know, I just try to introduce the lawyers to other people that I know and trust that they can rely on for the things that need to understand. Because I don't know everything. I, th- I feel like what I do know are enough people who know the things that, you know, one would need to know. So if somebody said to me, oh, I'm having a question with, you know, e-discovery, I'd go, okay, well, that's Craig Ball. Right. You know, and I know people that know this really well. Or You're a great referrer. Well, so are you. I mean, this is, you know, I probably learned this from you because you were connected in that world way before I was. And, you know, I've just learned through the, the ABA Tech Show, the, you know, all those people, there's different bar associations. The people that I feel like really do this at a high level, really care, okay, so we're drawing a Venn diagram, care more about helping people than they do about making money, which Mm -hmm. is you, Craig Baer, other people. But when you distill out the people who know, who care at that level, and who are trustworthy in that way, meaning they recommend things, even if it goes against their self-interest. Like I've heard you and Craig Baer and other of my close friends say, you know, you know, you don't want the thing I sell. What you want is this other thing. And when I saw that the first time, you know, I was like, wow, that's great. That's, I think that's what everybody wants, but yeah. that's not what everybody gets. No. So the co-pilot program is me just trying to help people as best I can on an ongoing basis. But the biggest part is introducing them to other people like you. And what's the website? Lawfirmautopilot.com. And so I could go there and take a course? You can find the courses, yeah. And then also become, what is group? Uh, the group thing is called Copilot, group, law firm Copilot. And that's, um, you do the two monthly webinars. Two monthly webinars. Where do your topics come from? Do they come from your actual group members that say, hey, I'd love to learn more about this? Yeah, that's, you know, I definitely, if they say, this is what we want you to cover, then I cover it. And that's why systems has been like a best, you know, popular thing. We cover that a lot. 
but the past couple of months, what I've done is I've done something a little different. And that is, I've said, okay, for the next three or four months leading up to the boot camp, which I know we'll wind up talking about. Yeah. But leading up to that, I feel like that for marketing, what we're going to talk about is email referral marketing. Uh. Because I know that if I don't stay on it, they'll bail and they'll say, oh yeah, I'm going to do it. And they won't sign, you know, something, they won't sign up for the email service. They won't send the first email. So we, we just keep going on that until everybody gets results and they're now getting results. So you keep them accountable. Yes. You go lockstep. The yeah. whole group moves at once. Uh, they don't go lockstep. But what we do is like, we've now been doing the email thing for a couple of months. And so I'll, I'll start and I'll say, okay, everybody, Tell me where you are. Tell me that you have sent your first email. Mm. And then some people say yes. And then I'll look and I'll see, okay, some people haven't responded. I'll say, well, those of you who haven't responded, yeah, tell me if you've sent the email. Just come on, go ahead. Let's confess it. And, you know, I won't, I won't shame you. I won't say your name, but just tell me why you didn't send it. And one person said, you know, I haven't sent it. And I just, it feels weird. And I was like, good. I'm glad you said Let's talk that. Talk about your feelings. Because I feel like a bunch of other people are going to say it feel, yes, it feels weird yeah. to send one email to a bunch of different people at once. The first time you do it, it feels weird. Riding a bike felt weird the first time you did it. Going to a dance, you know, if everything yeah. feels weird the first time you do it, but you will get results if you do these things I'm telling you you should do. And when you get the results, you go, "Oh my god, this is the most amazing thing in the world." And I think that's what we all love, right? Yeah. When you course. get people those results and you knew they were going to get them if they just did the things you said to we do. We always know. Listen to your coaches. Well, I was just going to say, so you are a coach. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you give them tasks to yeah. do. You follow yeah. up and you keep them accountable. Yeah. And I've realized that you have to do that. Like, it's not enough. This was an epiphany. It's not enough to say to somebody, here's some great information that I have distilled for you. <laughs> it is not going to move the needle for most people. What you have to do is say, okay, just like coaches do. Like, you know, the coach doesn't go, okay, everybody, here's the best way to block somebody if it's a football coach. And okay, I'll leave you alone now. While you, actually, <laughs> you, could, right. you, you kids got work on this. Yeah, no, you, people need the ongoing guidance. That's just normal. Uh, you know, so if you truly want to help people, and I do, I get, I, I prefer this thing that I'm doing now as opposed to practicing law because I actually can help people. Yeah. There's no opposing party on the other side trying to destroy everything I say, which makes it a lot easier to help people. So if I want to help them, it's not enough to give them information and go, there you go. That's the information. I have to help them implement the information. That's to me the most critical part because every seminar I've been to, anything, retreat, whatever, I always leave with the best of intentions of taking all of that information and, and making it useful. But mm -hmm. then you get back into work and we're all busy and right. it just doesn't happen. That's reality. That's life, right? So you life. have so if you want to help people, you have to deal with the reality of how people learn, what's going on in their lives, and you have to help them uh, move forward and you have to stay on top of them, not to hound them. Not, but they want to be reminded of what they need yeah. to do. And they also have, sometimes they feel ashamed that they didn't execute and they go quiet. And they just <laughs> that go, would be me. That's a hundred percent. That'd be me on the internet, hoping Ernie didn't notice that I hadn't <laughs> sent out my first email, just hiding well, in the back. Cause I, I'll buy a course, like I said, with every intention of implementing it. And then of course, I think because I spent money on it, mm -hmm. I will implement it and it doesn't happen. Right. And so I do go silent then. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. need a human poking you. I do. I need a coach, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Well, we know one. I got one for I you. Let me refer that. you to one. <laughs> Ernie, tell us about the boot camp in May. Yeah. The yeah. boot camp that you both will be attending. We and, will. And speaking at and helping people there with. Um, so the boot camp, you know, the last time I did it, you guys were there. 2017. 
was the last time I did it. You know, I had been doing it every year for a while. It's a full day seminar, two two days? It's two days in Mm -hmm. New Orleans. Great speakers, you know, people that have been speaking at Tech Show, basically my friends, the ones that I really trust and in different, enough different areas, including marketing, so that if you go there and you knew nothing, you could learn a lot. But the thing that's different about the boot camp than other seminars, conferences, is that if you were to register for the boot camp today, you would immediately be given access to the Law from Autopilot course and to the, uh, one of the Slack channels, and to and you'll get free webinars every week from here on out until to the boot camp. And my podcasts are all dedicated to things that we're going to be learning at boot camp. So the idea is we're moving forward. We're moving toward boot camp, and you're learning As we so go. that by the time you get there, you already know a lot of things. Do they get the workbook? Yeah, they do get the workbook. <laughs> have you seen the workbook? Well, I'm sorry. I have re- not seen the, It's so the beautiful. The reason I, I love it so much is because not only is it helpful and has a lot of good information, it's just very beautiful. Well, it's a PDF, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, but when it was printed last last year, the one, oh, you that know. The, workbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the workbook, but I have heard the podcast, and they are very, very good. Yeah. yeah oh, you. Ernie, tell us about your podcast. Well, you know, I just, I had a podcast. I have a podcast. Law Firm Autopilot. Law Firm Autopilot. Yeah. And I just, I don't necessarily interview a lot of people because when I started, I thought what I'm going to do is just hammer home the same points that need to be hammered home, right? So if systems is important, then we're going to keep coming back to systems. And I wasn't sure if people would like that or not, but people seem to like it. Mm-hmm. And then I do have guests, and between now and the boot camp, everyone is going to be a, one of the speakers, mm-hmm. right? Because I want people to know who are these people, get to know them, yeah. so that when they show up, they feel like they can approach them and talk to them. They feel like they already know them because that's, that's the so whole smart. point. The thing that you can't, the thing that I can't do online that I can do in a two day conference is put people in a room who need to be in a room together and have them talk to each other. And we, there's certain, there's certain sessions that we could do that can be done in a course. Well then let's just do them in a course, but there's some things that are going to be great because that speaker is going to say something. Then somebody's going to say, I need to talk to that speaker more and they can talk to the speaker more and everybody can talk to each other in the Slack area. So everybody can have a big conversation in those two days that's very intense, but they can continue it afterwards. Yeah, you build a really nice community. What are the dates? May 7th and 8th, Thursday and Friday. And is it on lawfirmautopilot.com? It is on lawfirmautopilot.com under live events, and then you can find the boot camp there. And it's in New Orleans? It's in New Orleans. It's at the Hampton Inn Convention Center, which is a super nice hotel. They just renovated it. Mm -hmm. And the rate, we got an incredibly good rate of $129 a night which is wonderful because solo and small firm lawyers generally prefer to spend less money and be judicious yeah. about their resources. And so it's it's a great event space. We have one big room that everybody's going to be in, but then we're also going to have a separate room that will hold 50 people where we can have small group discussions. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's in the co-pilot program will be in there. They have priority and then other people can come in there if they want to. Who are your speakers? Well, you are one. I'll be there. Yeah, and you know Craig Ball, Craig Bayer, Brett Bernie, mm-hmm. Chelsea Lambert, Excellent. Mike Kim. You know, basically, you know what's funny is so when I thought about doing this boot camp, and I said, okay, let me let me see if this will work. So I we picked the dates, we found the dates, and then I sent a blast email to seventeen or eighteen people, whatever it was, and said, you know, could you do it then? And I thought some of them won't be able to do it, and if they can't, you know, then I'll just figure out who else I could have. 
And actually, I had I invited more people than I had room for, but everybody said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, who doesn't want to come you know, to New Orleans? New Orleans, yes. New Orleans is a big draw. But sure. what what kind of topics are you going to have? Are you going to have, I know, systems, obviously. Yeah, systems, outsourcing, automation, text automation. You do great marketing content. Are you yeah. doing marketing? Yep, a lot of marketing content. Practice management software, which is the best one? How do you organize digital documents? You and Craig Bayer will be talking about that. Mobile mobile lawyering, oh, that's I'm, one of your topics. I'm doing mobile lawyering with my sweetheart. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but I date one on TV. <laughs> and, um, you know, he. I thank you for thinking of inviting him because he's my poster child for being a 100% mobile attorney. So we'll definitely cover that. Well, that's awesome. I'm super excited about that. Let me ask you, Ernie, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of lawyers are trying to figure out how to market, how to mm-hmm. differentiate, and I, I agree with you 100% on its relationships. But I see a lot of them asking questions on, you know, should I start a podcast? Mm-hmm. Should I do these different things? And you being someone who has just started a podcast, have you seen um, if it's drawn more people oh, into yeah. you? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, in fact, the guy that produces my podcast, Danny Osmond, is going to be one of the speakers. And he helped Mike Kim with his podcast. He helped me. Parker Larison has a podcast Mm -hmm. now. So he's helped him. And so, yeah, the weird thing about podcasting, you know, I already had a blog and I thought, how much more useful can it be to have a podcast? And Mike Kim and other people told me like, you really need to have a podcast. Like it's, it's easy. It's kind of you. I said, okay, fine. So I tried it. And what I've discovered is it's very hard to track. It's not like an email marketing thing where you can look and see, Oh, look at how many, I mean, you can see downloads, but you don't know who those people are necessarily. But what's funny is when people come to the podcast and they connect with it, the no like, and trust part of it builds faster than any other medium. And it has been explained to me, which makes perfect sense, because I guess this is how it works for me with podcasts, is that you're talking into somebody's ear, right? Like it's an intimate thing. And I think back to like David Sparks was a lawyer that I met at Tech Show. I'd been listening to his podcast. And to me, he was this hero of Mac using <laughs> lawyer who understood technology and automation and everything. And I go to register at, at Tech Show where the speakers, you know, were all registering and I hear this voice. I'm like, wait a second, David Sparks is here. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, David Sparks is here. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, so yeah, I guess, you know, I can understand it from that that perspective, but it's just weird because you can't really measure it. Yeah. It's very hard to measure. Yeah. I know from having now produced a couple episodes for the San Diego County Bar, what that's like. We're recording this in February of 2020. Ernie's conference is in May of 2020. So if you end up listening to this later than that, well, you'll just have to wait till the next one comes around. But if it's before that, we hope to see you there. We're all going to be there. Great lineup of speakers. And before I forget, too, I want to say one thing. We've mentioned Craig Bayer yeah. a couple times. Uh-huh. So I just want to give a little shout out to him because he is just, he's so helpful. It almost makes me want to cry. Mm-hmm. He has helped me a lot over the past couple of days with a project I needed help on. So Craig Bayer, spelled like the aspirin, B-A-Y-E-R, is a legal technology consultant. He's almost 100% dedicated to doing net documents implementations and rollouts. And if you are a NetDocs user or you're curious about it, he has a great website at his company's um, domain, Optiable, O-P-T-I-A-B-L-E.com. You can learn about Craig there and also get a lot of videos and help for net documents on there, which is one of my favorite products. Mm -hmm. But Craig is um, a good friend and he'll be at the conference as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both yeah, for taking well, time yeah. on Lundi Gras to record this. <laughs> now it's time to go catch some beads. <laughs> Let's get out there. Before I let both of you go, though, um, Liz, why don't you start? Tell everybody how they can find friend or follow you. 
So I probably need to go to Craig's uh, boot camp mm-hmm. and really get my website up and running. But my website is lizlawfirm.com. It's been on my to-do list for probably 10 years now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so, God. It, but that goes to show you that relationships matter because I do get all of my, every one of my clients through a referral because they're not picking me up on my website. Yeah. But that's where you can find more information about me or my services. And then um, on social media, I'm on Twitter at Liz McCausland and Facebook as Liz Fauche McCausland. Spell McCausland. M-C-C-A-U-S as in Sam Land, L-A-N-D. Great. Ernie, where can everyone find, friend, follow you, and sign up for your boot camp to meet us all in person? Yeah, well, the easiest way to find me is to Google Ernie the Attorney, and you can find my main website. (laughs) And everything, you know, you can find everything else from there. But lawfirmautopilot.com is the main business website. And if you go to live events, you can see all about the boot camp there. And see all about all the other stuff I do right there as well. Awesome. You're a wonderful friend. Great former attorney. (laughs) Excellent technology coach. Thanks for helping me out today, Liz. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. me. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the new solo podcast on Legal Talk Network. If you like what you've heard today, please refer this podcast to a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, hopefully with five stars. We'll see you next time. And remember, you're not alone. You're a new solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.